From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. The solution might be a broader antitrust that can account for things like worker harm instead of just consumer. Welcome back to the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. The 2020 Democratic presidential candidates are all over the map, from Bernie Sanders calling to change the fundamental goals of antitrust to the Obama-era Silicon Valley-friendly Joe Biden's more moderate stance of let's take a closer look. Antitrust expert John Mark Newman joins us to handicap the race to break big tech. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Morning, John. Thanks for coming back. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so maybe we should start by looking at some of the historical candidates, uh, Woodrow Wilson, William Taft, Theodore Roosevelt, and like, I don't know, some other guy, uh, spoiler alert, Wilson won, but much of the, uh, the campaign centered on antitrust issues. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah. So it's really fascinating. If you go back and look at 1912, which was the last presidential election when antitrust was a really salient topic, as I would argue it is today. Um, you can kind of see shades of some of the modern candidates' positions. It's everything old is new again in some ways. Um, so if you look back, uh, you had a range of positions being put forward back then. You had Roosevelt, the original trust buster, who had actually kind of lost faith in trust busting a little bit and thought we needed more heavy-handed um, public interest type regulation. Mm-hmm. You had Taft and Wilson somewhat similarly both saying, I think antitrust can work. We don't need so um, drastic of an intervention. And then on the way other end of the spectrum, you had Debs who was saying antitrust can't work. These trusts are so bad. We should just nationalize all of them. So a true socialist. Mm -hmm. Amy Klobuchar is the candidate who first made big tech, data privacy, net neutrality, like her major issues when she was in Congress. Um, and it's a big platform on her campaign. Can can you talk a little about her stand and how she maybe differs from the other candidates on this? Yeah, so she's definitely the um, first one to come forward with a, a very concrete antitrust reform proposal. Um, she's actually got a bill in Congress that she's reintroduced a couple of times. And it doesn't really change the underlying content of the law too much, but it does some tweaks. Um, it gives more funding to the agencies to be more effective. Uh, I think the biggest change she would do is in some cases where a merger is just big enough, um, she would like to shift the burden to the merging companies to actually prove that their deal is somehow good. Whereas right now it's the enforcement authorities, the FTC, the DOJ, who have the burden of proving a merger is bad. So you'd have to shop your own case. Exactly. Right. She would shift things around a little bit. Um, and in some ways, that's a that's a big change, although other candidates are maybe proposing some bigger changes at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like some of the candidates have came with skin in the game. Um, I think it's hilarious that Buttigieg joined when he was at Harvard and it was still called the Facebook. Um, Kamala Harris, uh, Silicon Valley is is in her uh, district. And Biden was certainly on the happy tech train uh, during the Obama administration. So where do these candidates fall in the continuum? And let's talk a little about uh, Warren and Sanders. Yeah, I think it's really good of you to tie those first three together since Maybe unsurprisingly, they all have somewhat similar positions when it comes to big tech and antitrust. Um, They all say we should kind of take a close look, take a hard look, however you want to put that. 
but none of them have come out and said we should break up particular companies or we should go after particular mergers. And none of them have put forward what I would call any kind of um, reform proposal. They've just said, oh, we'll, we'll actually enforce the laws we have. That's, I think, much different from Warren and Sanders, who have, have moved far to the left, I think, in different ways, um, in interesting ways. But they're both shifting that Overton window, I think, whereas the first three you pointed out really kind of saying the status quo plus some more active enforcement. Well, Sanders is the most aggressive. I'm not sure that's the right word. Doesn't he want to uh, have those companies owned by their employees? Yes. Sanders has put forward a suite of proposals to, I think in his words, sort of radically shift the balance of power in our marketplace as between workers, consumers, and then corporate entities and their shareholders. Um, So a a part of his vision is for um, strengthened worker ownership, strengthened labor unions, and all that. He also has fairly detailed antitrust proposals, which don't get talked about as much, um, but those are similarly... uh, Pretty, pretty uh, radical changes from the way we've been doing things. He's, I think, the only candidate to say that the standard that we've been using in antitrust for 40 years, the consumer welfare standard, needs to be replaced. He would broaden that standard. Um, he would take account of new things like harm to workers, economic security, you know, whatever that means. He mm-hmm. doesn't really define that. Job security, things that other candidates, even Warren, aren't really talking about. Well, speaking of Warren, I know she has a plan since she has a plan for everything. Yes, she has a plan for big tech, um, how to break it up. It's it, There's no bill that's been proposed um, and there's no real concrete uh, plank on her website. What she does have is a link to this Medium post that she wrote earlier this year. And basically what she proposes there is that will identify certain companies as digital platforms. Mm -hmm. Now, she doesn't say exactly how we'll do that, but once we've identified who the platforms are, we're going to prevent companies from both owning a platform and what she would say is called playing on that platform. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you're Amazon, sure, you can operate this marketplace, but you can't also sell your own products within the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Okay. And with that... I think Google's probably in that that as well, since it has its own marketplace. It has like it's in everybody's, I don't know, pocket, home, whatever. Yeah, Google's an interesting one. She definitely says this would apply to Google. Google would present a tough case, though, I think, because just about everything Google does could be characterized as a platform. It's a little different from Amazon in that way. So, you know, YouTube and search are somehow related it's not clear which one's the platform and which one's playing on the platform or are they both platforms. So it, it gets messy, I think, pretty quickly. But it is an interesting sort of structural proposal fitting uh, or in fitting with the rest of her her ideas, I think. Well, other than you and, and some other antitrust um, fanboys, girls, um, it probably isn't really a, a voting issue. I think if you consider antitrust... As part of a broader conversation that we're having around issues like the balance of power in society, it is in that sense a voting issue, right? I think a big part of the conversation, particularly among those on the left, but also among those on the right to some extent, is how should we be allocating power in society? Um, And when we talked about Sanders' proposals, for instance, we talked about how that antitrust plank of his really fits into his broader, fairly radical um, proposal for how we should should alter that balance of power. 
Now, I say radical, but we, of course, talked about Eugene Debs earlier. He's, he's not as radical as Debs. It's not quite 1912 all over again. But I think in that sense, antitrust is, is kind of coming back as part of a broader conversation. Well, speaking of, of uh, the 1912, so they enacted a couple of big changes to the, the Sherman Act. Is that right? Um, but they were overturned not too long later because of the Depression. So how did how did we get from there to here as far as how those laws were enacted in 1912, 1914 to today? Were there any like big pivotal moments? So it's often said that we... In 1912, or you know, the Progressive Era, we had a movement, but we didn't really have antitrust prosecutions. And then the Depression came, and that changed everything. And then throughout the 40s, 50s, and 60s, people often say, "Well, then we had prosecutions, but we didn't really have an antitrust movement." Mm -hmm. And then things really cooled off for a long time. Um, in particular, following the the 70s, when you had stagflation and a radical shift to free market thinking that happened in the 1980s, following that. Um, antitrust backed off. So now we've had a long period where we really haven't had that much enforcement. And I think you're seeing the pendulum maybe start to shift back toward the idea of, you know, we need to do something here. Now, the question then is, do we do something legislative like happened in 1914 or do we do it within the executive branch? And here's an interesting point where Sanders and Warren differ. Mm -hmm. uh, Sanders is very much proposing changes within the executive branch, things that a president could do on mm -hmm. day one. Um, Warren's proposal in part hinges on legislative action. So she's got that 1914 Clayton Act vision in mind. Right. Um, and where does the grand old party stand on this? It's a little hard to figure out exactly where the DOJ and the FTC are right now. There's been a lot of noise coming out of D.C. around investigating big tech, creating investigative uh, task forces, having hearings. What we haven't seen are any concrete actions against these companies. Um, just the other day, we saw the announcement of another strike force that's being created at DOJ, which sounds very impressive. Not um, in the Space Force, right? right? Ooh. <laughs> strike Force, Space Force. Uh, it remains to be seen whether any of this will translate into actual action. So I think for now, it kind of looks like we have a pretty laissez-faire status quo um, practice, but there has been increased conversation around doing something. So we'll see if that ever translates into any action. And if you were king? Wow. Um, the solution depends on how bad you think the problem is, right? Um, and I think we're still trying to figure out how bad the problem is. There's been an increase in, in research and good empirical economic research into areas that we just ignored for a long time in antitrust, like concentration in labor markets. Mm -hmm. For a long time, we just assumed, you know, basically people can get a job, they can move a job, uh, move to a different place, get a different job pretty easily. Um, there's a lot of research coming out now that suggests that's really not true. And when one of these big mergers goes through, yeah, maybe consumer prices don't go up that much. Maybe they even go down. But workers can often be harmed. Wages can go down. Layoffs happen. So that's an area that's just still unfolding. And we need to figure out how bad the problem is. It seems like it might be pretty bad. And then figure out what the solution might be. But the solution might be a broader antitrust that can account for things like worker harm instead of just consumer welfare. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? I think that covers it. Let's do this again soon. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. 
If you like the show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's episode was brought to you by University of Miami School of Law's Startup Practicum, enabling law students to help new ventures needing legal assistance. More information is available at www.law.miami.edu forward slash startup. Thank you.